Victoria Martinez Keel. And I'm Dale Denwalt. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. Politicians and political commentators across the country have stirred up debate about the rights of transgender people, particularly children who feel uncomfortable with the gender they were assigned at birth. Along with the punditry, there is a push in some states, including Oklahoma, to limit recognition and medical treatment of trans individuals. Reporter Ben Felder is with us this week to cover his story on transgender children and their families. Ben, you spoke with two mothers and the worries they have about their daughter's future during a time when their children's transgender identity faces immense political debate and possible legal limitations. That's a really painful thing to witness as a parent, to watch your child have to try to be small or to shrink um, in an effort to feel safe. So first, could you introduce us to the two families you spoke with? Yeah, of course. So um, I met with two families um, and two mothers, uh, Betsy Colton and uh, Liz Charles, the two moms. They're both here in Oklahoma City. And I I wanted to kind of get a sense for, um, they both have transgender daughters, as you said, and I wanted to get a sense for, one, just kind of what was their life like, um, this what this journey was like for them, um, you know, when they're when their daughters um, began identifying as as female. But I also wanted to know what it was like kind of trying to obviously juggle a, a pretty significant life change in your family while at the same time probably having a, another eye on policy issues and legislation that we've seen uh, you know, intensify across the country and even through some bills here in Oklahoma. You mentioned the legislation. There have been legislation introduced in several states to limit gender-affirming health care for trans children and to prohibit transgender students from youth sports. Now, what legislation are we seeing now in Oklahoma? Yeah, there were two bills I took a look at this year. One, which mirrors some legislation we've seen in some other states, including in Arkansas last year, would prevent doctors from providing um, transgender health care to minors, even with their parents' permission. And this could include anything from surgery uh, to uh, puberty blockers. Uh, Puberty blockers are kind of the first introduction that most young kids have to uh, trans healthcare. And essentially, um, as it sounds, it it, it blocks some of the natural hormones that, you know, maybe a child that was identified as male at birth, uh, blocking those hormones because the child is identifying as a female. Um, they're totally reversible, um, but in talking to some mothers and some counselors, uh, you know, one of the things that I learned was it it, it isn't just to give these children, um, you know, push them along further on their journey to identifying as a different gender. It's also to continue to give them the space to, um, you know, kind of feel more comfortable in their skin, so to speak. Um, you know, if you were a young child who is kind of identifying with a gender you weren't assigned to at birth and you're having some tr- struggles, um, and you haven't quite come to full terms with that by the time you reach puberty, that can be a very challenging and confusing time for you when you are identifying with one gender, yet your body is starting to develop you know, more accustomed with, with the other gender. Um, that was a bill that actually did not get a committee hearing uh, this year, which means you know, there was, it wasn't debated. The committee chair decided not to bring it forward. Like I said, we've seen similar bills in some other states, including in Arkansas last year. Um, 
Famously, the governor there vetoed that bill. The legislature in Arkansas overrode his veto, and it's currently being challenged in court. But there's another bill, too, um, that impacts transgender children, um, and that's House Bill 4245. And it's it's referred to by the authors as Save Women's Sports Act or Save the Women's Sports Act. And it would prevent um, those who were born assigned male at birth from from competing in women's sports um, if they later identify as female. And uh, this bill did pass out of committee. And as we're recording this, uh, this is the week of uh, for a deadline for how for bills to be moved out of their house of origin. We're still waiting to see if this bill is going to receive a hearing on the full house or not. So this uh, this podcast is going to come out probably after um, that deadline passes, but uh, let's assume that it does and it goes over to the Senate. What are the chances over there? Has the uh, Senate leadership said how they would consider this bill? The only really indication we have right now is last year, Senate pro tem Greg Treat said that he didn't really see this as an issue. Um, that uh, the Oklahoma High School Sports Association has some rules and, and things in place to kind of address this issue. And, and uh, Senator Treat said that he didn't think that this bill was solving any problem. You know, one thing was interesting, too. Last year, we saw a similar bill kind of making its way through the legislature. Uh, we heard from different organizations, including the NCAA, who kind of offered a veiled threat that they that they might pull some of their events from Oklahoma if legislation legislation like this were to pass. And of course, there are several uh, NCAA events in the state, most notably the, the Women's College World Series. So you may have also seen some legislators have a pause over that as well. So going back on previous statements, there's reason to believe that if this bill made it out of the House, that it might get stalled in the Senate. But as we heard from these mothers and other advocates, so there's growing concern, especially when you see more and more states. We've seen a record, uh, at least in terms of the number of anti-transgender bills that have been filed across the country over the past year based on various counts. And so it's definitely something that is continuing to be uh, a flashpoint in legislatures across across the country. And it stands to reason that in a conservative state like Oklahoma, that we would continue to, that, that debate would play out here as well. So you referenced in your story a poll by the Trevor Project that found 85% of transgender youth say the introduction of anti-transgender legislation negatively impacts their mental health. So what did the mothers you spoke with say about this kind of legislation and, and what did their children think of it? Yeah, one mother I spoke with, uh, you know, she really works hard to, to kind of prevent her daughter from seeing coverage of these bills on television. Um, and she's a little younger. The other uh, the other mother, whose daughter is in middle school, you know, said that she's becoming of that age where obviously she's aware of the news. And it's kind of taken on more of an advocacy role, at least, um, you know, feeling more free to speak up about the issue. Um, you know, that child, though, is in a school in which it's a very affirming of community. So it's a little bit easier for her. But, yeah, I think that's so interesting that when we talk about bills, we often talk about they either are passed or they're not. And, you know, you see these policy debates and those who may be against a bill can celebrate when it's defeated and feel like we won, we'll move on, you know, maybe we'll we'll have to fight it again someday. But for right now, we got everything we wanted. But these kind of bills that are dealing with like how a person can live, um, you know, is how these families see it. Um, there is yes celebration when their the bills are defeated, but it's not a it's you know it's not a black and white policy issue. So there's still a feeling of kind of uh, you know, frustration that one, these these parents feel like they had to advocate for their child's, you know, right to just be a child. Um, but two, like you said in that poll, uh, you know, when these bills come up and this debate happens, um, it's kind of a reminder to a lot of these uh, children and youth who are already going through immense struggles, you know, personally, um, 
that there's a segment of the population that, um, I don't know, quite frankly, doesn't support them. And you add that on top of a, of, of something that's already so isolating, um, yeah, it leads to depression. Um, it leads to suicidal ideation. You know, I was talking to one counselor and she kind of responded to a comment that a lawmaker in Oklahoma made last year calling transgender a mental health problem. And it's not a mental health problem. Um, but the, she said, you know, I treat a lot of transgender youth. Their, their gender identity is not in itself a mental problem. Where the mental health problems come is when they feel shame because of the community around them. Now, now some are, are in, and families, including these two, that are very supportive and very loving. Um, but even if the family is supporting, the, wor- the world around them isn't always. And, and that can lead to a lot of mental health uh, problems, you know, th- throughout life. And, and that's something that, um, you know, something that advocates say that you need to be mindful of, especially when it comes to even just introducing these bills and having this conversation. I would like to speak to anyone who is a parent or who cares about kids in your life. You know, aren't, don't we deserve the same? Doesn't she deserve the same opportunities as every other kid? Like others in the LGBTQ community, trans people are fighting for the right to be who they are and for the state to recognize their true identity. So how are these families preparing for a future where the government might limit those rights? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and like I was saying earlier, for a lot of these families, even when they celebrate in one particular year that a bill didn't pass, you know, there's worry that it might come back. Uh, you know, for some of these families, particularly one that I spoke with, the question about whether or not they're going to remain in Oklahoma is a real possibility. Um, and, you know, there's hope, obviously. They're, they're, they're hopeful when they see some of these bills defeated, but they don't know if they're just gathering up more steam, um, especially when you see some of these bills successfully advance in other states. And, when it comes to transgender health care, you know, that age of puberty is really where, where children first start to have kind of their first introduction into kind of a need for some kind of health care. Um, and these parents are saying, hey, if the, if the government's taking away our right to be able to do that, they see that as a right to make these health decisions for their for their children, for their family, um, that Oklahoma may not be a livable place to be. It's, it's not just about it being a welcoming place, but whether or not it's, it's a place that they can live. Um, but with all that said, I, th- I think it's kind of important to once again reiterate, and I heard this from these two families, especially in Oklahoma City, that while they know that they face opposition from some lawmakers and that they're, that this issue has become kind of a political culture war, um, they both felt like they had found pretty supportive communities in, in, in their schools, in their in their city, in their neighborhoods. I, I don't think it's fair to characterize the entire state as, as you know, saying that, you know, this is an entire state against transgender people and that no one's welcome here. I mean, there definitely are pockets where people have different political views, um, but both of these families have kind of found a supportive community in Oklahoma City. It's just a matter of whether or not the state legislature is going to pass policies that, um, as one parent put it, um, is going to allow their child just to live life like a normal kid. Thank you, Ben, for joining us today. And as an addendum here at the end, House Bill 4245, called the Save Women's Sports Act, passed through the House floor on Wednesday with 79 representatives voting in favor and 18 voting against it. The bill will advance to the Senate next. You'll be able to read Ben's story that we talked about on the podcast today in the Sunday edition of The Oklahoman, or you could read it online even sooner than that. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read this story and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.